Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy Saturday to everyone, and welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast. This is episode 240 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, and that reminds me to shout out Toph Morris, who is a supporter of the podcast over on Anchor.fm. I hope everyone's weekend has been going swimmingly, and I thank you all for joining us once again, whether you're watching on YouTube, Periscope, or over on DLive, and hopefully very, very soon, and very, very shortly also to Odyssey as well, though I've reached out to them a few times now, trying to get my channel up on their live streaming platform, and so far have not gotten a response. There was indeed one comment, actually, that I made on someone else's Twitter post, and then they responded back saying, hey, share your channel link and we'll get you set up, and I did, and they never got back to me. So I'm still kind of in this limbo when it comes to Odyssey, but I really honestly cannot wait to be able to try out that platform, because as you all know, I'm all about the alt tech. But before we talk about some of the subjects tonight, so of course we'll talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I have unfortunately <laughs> been watching. It's one of the topics that we talk about on Friday Night Tights, and so I, I try and watch whatever I possibly can and 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 try and get through <laughs> as much as I can. And oh, uh, it's been difficult this past week, most especially the most difficult. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, it is indeed still the Easter season. Easter is a 50-day season, for those that are not aware, going all the way up until Pentecost Sunday. So we still got several weeks left in the Easter season. So happy and blessed Easter to everyone out there. And of course, we'll have our general movie, pop culture, TV talk like we normally do. And I have indeed been seeing some movies, uh, most especially been going on, continuing on into the James Bond franchise, and my wife and I just finished For Yours, for Your Eyes Only with Roger Moore, and I will say, it's probably my favorite Bond film uh, so far since we've been going back through the classics, because it just was the most complete story, and I don't know, it, it just kind of worked. It's also the first time that James Bond actually says no to a woman, uh, for for her for his advances, so I thought that was an interesting take, and also it's probably the the longest time in a movie before James Bond actually makes a move on anybody. So I don't know. It was kind of nice for them to focus on other story elements and to focus on uh, some really cool action sequences as well. Stunt teams have been great in every single movie, but this this movie especially had some some pretty cool stunts. There's this really awesome one where he supposedly he uh, you know James Bond is climbing up this cliff in Greece, and he falls off, and they show, like, an actual person doing the stunt and falling off the cliff, obviously with a rope attached, but still, like, I was looking at it, and I was telling my wife, this is why, when I was younger, I wanted to get into stunt work, because I just wanted to be that kind of a person to do those things, and I eventually said, you know, probably is not the best, because... Let's be honest, especially since I knew that I wanted to, uh, to have a family one day, it would not be a very good financial job and also the high risk factor in is a part of it too but anyway so i've been keeping up with that but let's go ahead and say hello to some people in the chat by the way if you're watching on youtube please be sure to smash that like button it really does mean and does help out a lot as well also shout out to drunk 3po who i know is streaming right now but he's been kind of getting screwed over uh, most especially with teespring now just known as spring and they deleted his entire store. I don't know if y'all been following this story, but yeah, Drunk 3PO's entire store was taken down, and many of us speculate it's because 
it was being shouted out by Gina Carano. And as we all know, all of these people talk to each other. All of these people in these big organizations, in these big corporations, these big businesses, they are all in cahoots with with one another. And if they're not in cahoots with each other directly, they follow along with what everyone else does. Again, it's pretty obvious at this point. Um, but anyway, uh, shout out to Drunk3PO because that is awful. I've mentioned to him T Public is another option. I have shirts that are available on T Public. Of course, I still have my own Spring account, but I've I've been kind of not wanting to be on Spring for a while now because I just have a lot of questions about Spring and they always take things down from different channels. And again, I just don't really like their censorship in that capacity in that way. And to take a, to take down Drunk 3PO's channel uh, and his rather his uh, his store to me is just ridiculous for the very sake that they didn't even warn him. They didn't even say, hey, here's a warning. If you violate this policy again, we'll take your store down. They just took it down. And the only thing he had ever dealt with in the past was there was like a copyright claim or something against one of his shirts because of the drunk 3PO um, design, right? Because, oh, you can't have a similar design, even though it's creative and transformative and obviously not taking away any money whatsoever from Disney. Um, Again, that's kind of the whole point of copyrights is to try and to protect people and businesses from losing money to, you know, fake competitors and, and to, you know, to IPs that they own. And so I've always understood it from that perspective, but it's very clear that Drunk 3PO did nothing wrong, and I would argue that even his original design, he did nothing wrong, because again, it was transformative, and most clearly, and again, the most important part of the entire law in the first place, no money was being taken out of Disney's pocket, out of Disney's hands, by that design. Because last time I checked, they don't really sell a whole lot of 3PO shirts anyway, so (laughs) shout out to Drunk 3PO. He is a friend of the channel. He is a member of the Geeks and Games team, and he's awesome. Uh, let's say hello to uh, DLAF first, because we got Cam Dean Heiss over there. says, good evening, Odin. Hope you and the family are doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, baby Thor is doing well. He has been bathed, and now he is eating his dinner. He then says, I was able to get a Drunk 3PO logo shirt and a Welcome to the Rebellion shirt before his store was shut down. Yeah, and if you were not able to get one, I'm confident that whether it's spring giving him the store back... Uh, though at this point, I don't know if he'd want to be on there since now he knows that Spring can just, you know, take them down like take him down like that with no, ex- you know, no reason whatsoever. Reminds a lot of, you know, how a lot of people on Twitter have been taken off Twitter. And what is their reason for being kicked off? What is their reason for being removed from the platform? Blank. No, no actual policy violation. Just say we didn't like you. We didn't like your politics. We didn't like your opinions. We didn't like who you supported in the case of Drunk 3PO. We don't like the fact that you support Gina Carano and are friends with Gina Carano because uh, she has to be the bane of everyone's existence. She has to be evil in the eyes of the people because she did wrong. She did not go along with the Disney company line, and everyone knows Disney controls everything. It's ridiculous. It totally is. But hey, Camden Heights. congratulations on having those shirts. All right, let's head over to the YouTube chat. We had some people here early. It says, LQ3, what is going on? And he had a question about Easter, and Orange Chat Reviews answered the question. Yep, it is still Easter time. And again, this is really why I do it, because a lot of people only really know the secular Easter. Easter bunny, Easter eggs, chocolate, that kind of stuff. They don't recognize or remember or even have a second thought of the fact that it's primarily and first a religious holiday that it is the commemoration of the resurrection of Christ, and that as a season, because this event is so important to human history, it doesn't last a day. It lasts an entire 
50 days commemoration of Easter. So anyway, that's the reason why it's been in the title, and it will continue to be in the title because also it means that it, it opens up for questions about Catholicism and Catholic stories and things going on in the Catholic world, uh, faith questions, that kind of thing. So it also keeps it open for that too. Uh, Rosie G12, what's going on? Says, hail Odin chat. We have family coming over, so I'm going to miss the stream. I hate missing the stream. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Well, Rosie G12 family is indeed priority number one. So thank you again for still stopping by and dropping a like. Snortapoopus Cuber, what's going on, dude? He says, hello, humans and other quitters. I always appreciate that. Jonathan, what is going on? We got Tina B, Empress of the Universe. Hail to you, and again, she is letting everyone know, if you have a comment or question at any point tonight, please put Odin question, all one word, Odin question. Don't put any spaces between it. Don't put an at symbol. You don't have to. Uh, just as long as those letters are spelled correctly, Odin question. It'll highlight orange on my screen. Let me know you're trying to get my attention, and then I'll be able to address your comment or question. Of course, if you want to surpass all of that, and not have to wait 20 or 30 minutes because, as it says right down there right now, I do follow typically 20 to 30 minutes behind because I do read the chat. I don't uh, just read Super Chats. But if you want a Super Chat, if you want to donate via Streamlabs, which is preferable because YouTube gets none of that money, then you can find a link to the Streamlabs donation in the, in the description below. And it's posted throughout the stream as well by the Valks and by Heimdall, my bot. And uh, hey then you don't have to wait as long and you can support the channel. So whichever you prefer is fine with me, just as long as you drop a like button. Appreciate it. All right. Golden Ration in the chat. Hail to you. Says, good evening, Odin. Good evening to you. We got Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. Says, hail to the chat. Might have to watch Falcon just to see how horribly bad it is. Um, I would say that your time is much better spent elsewhere on other shows, on other uh, movies and uh, other cultural items to consume, and most especially books. Uh, Father Christopher Miller, by the way, has a YouTube channel. Go check him out. Uh, he is the Nerd Father. He is also the chaplain of the OMB Reviews channel, and it's always fun to have back and forth with him about aspects of the faith, especially when canon law gets brought up. Uh, we got Stephanie B. Hey, what's going on, Stephanie B.? She is the general of the Valks. What's going on? All right, we got Griffin Turbo, Biffer the Hobbit in the chat. What is going on, peeps? And before the chat is even really, you know, we were at the chat. We were at the point of the chat where the show hadn't even started yet. And chat's already jumped on me. But no comments have been skipped, which is fantastic. So let's see. We got Seth Williams. What's going on? Rhaegar Targaryen. Mike Jackson. What is going on? Uh, he mentions Ryan. Is Ryan also streaming as well? I did not know. I, I saw uh, I saw Drunk 3PO was streaming. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, Hail all. Hail to you, Forever Sci-Fi. Thanks for being a member on the channel. We got the Honky Chonky Funky Monkey. What's going on? Hello, hello, hello. Walk 55 who's a member, says, Oh, man, I didn't expect this tonight. Thankfully, got the stakes done in time. Didn't expect this tonight? What do you mean, didn't expect this tonight? I stream every Tuesday and Saturday. I'm I'm one of the most consistent streamers there is in the world. Because I start on time. In fact, I start I start a minute early just to make sure, just to make sure that I'm on time. <laughs> Snortapoopa says, Odin watches these things so I don't have to. Yeah, talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and some other movies. Uh, speaking of movies, I'm actually very, very excited because I'm going to be able to get to watch the film Nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk. And I... Um, 
was worried I wasn't going to be able to see it for a while because it's it's in theaters and it's on demand. But I obviously don't have time really to go to a theater because of Baby Thor and because none of the theaters here offer any early showtime. So it's it's already really hard to do that in the first place. And then also because they have it available on on demand, but they're charging an arm and a leg for on demand service. And for me, I just personally I can't justify it, especially when I'm already paying the AMC premiere uh, fee, because one, I want to support AMC. I want to support theaters in general. Uh, and they're my go-to theater and the most common theater that I have around me. And hopefully one day I'll be able to actually make up the movies that I've lost, hopefully over the summer. But again, if they'd never have morning shows, it's going to make things that much more difficult. But also, um, because I'm paying that, I, I don't really feel like paying extra for on-demand viewing. But I have been able to get access to a screener so I'm actually going to be able to watch that after the stream. And there is a there's a live show where you'll be able to actually watch along. So if you want to watch the movie, if you don't mind paying the on-demand fee or if you have a copy or anything like that, or if you're also a part of this as well, starting around 9 p.m. Eastern time, there's going to be a stream hosted by Patton Oswalt, who, you know, Patton Oswalt, but uh, you're also going to have Bob Odenkirk, who's going to be on that stream, and they're going to be doing a watch-along, so uh, that is something going on, so I just wanted to shout them out, because they did give me a free copy to watch, and I, of course, will try and get a review up on the channel, though, of course, I have a lot of reviews to do for this channel, <laughs> and as I mentioned, a lot of my extra reviews um, for especially older movies, older content, probably will be over on Odyssey and Minds.com exclusive, which you don't have to pay anything for. It's not behind a paywall or anything like that. I just, with YouTube, I just, I'm kind of getting over YouTube every day that goes by. But anyway, Chudman Rising, what is going on? James Dashier, what's going on? Robert Frey in the chat. We got 13th Warrior, hail to you. Glad to see you here. Dominic the Writer, what's going on, man? It's a new name to see in the chat. Thank you. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says, I just came back from a walk where I watched a guy put on his mask before running across a four-lane less than 100 feet from a crosswalk. I'm starting to lose hope for humanity. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you don't live in Canada. I don't know if y'all saw this video. I, I, I posted it on, on Twitter because it was going, it was making the rounds. And it's, was it Ottawa specifically? But at least one of the provinces in, in Canada they're having like such severe lockdowns that they've given their police the authority to stop you if you're leaving your home for anything that's not considered essential. They have the right to question you, and if you refuse to answer their questions, they can arrest you if you are just going out and about, and it's not essential. It's not for a required reason. If your reason is not good enough to the cop, they can arrest you for violating the stay-at-home order. That's insane to me and one of the persons who was on the call asked the question and the question that they asked was what if we see a neighbor having you know a lawn party with some people outside and they start off saying oh you know you don't want to have of course no one wants to snitch or you know report or anything like that but then essentially said that you should report them that you should report them because they essentially trying to make the argument that well is it worth saving lives they must not look at the CDC numbers. They, they must not look at the international numbers, which are incredibly low. That's a fact. Like, percentage-wise, percentage-wise, it's incredibly low. For younger people, it's not even as deadly as the flu. For older people, it's a lot more deadly than the flu. So, these are the numbers we have. These are the facts that we have. But for some reason, people don't want to admit the facts. 
Anyway, Alice McCarthy at 7 o'clock says, Howdy, Odin, how's it going? How's Thor? I do not like Falcon Winter Soldier Show, and that's saying something when I say it. Alice McCarthy, for those that are just joining us, and maybe for the first time, Alice McCarthy is notorious for having terrible opinions on movies. He likes some of the worst movies of all time, and we can't help him. We're, we, we pray for him, we, we try our best to convince him that he's wrong, but alas, uh, we can't really get that done, unfortunately. But anyway. Thank you very much for being correct on this one. <laughs> J. Alex McCarthy Jr., as I like to say. All right, let us see who else is in the chat. Uh, favorite sci-fi. Also, if you are a member on the channel, then you don't have to worry about tagging me. As long as you're not tagging anybody else, I'll read your comment. It says, I'm surprised that the CDC hasn't convinced the sheep that wearing a bell helps people hear them coming so that they can social distance. Don't give them any ideas, Forever sci-fi. Michael Thompson, what's going on, man? Glad to have you in the chat. Thursday Warrior, thank you for being here. Matthew Highland says, hey man, it's been a while. I've been going to the gym recently, so I've missed your live streams. Whole of all has been well. Well, dude, you could always listen to the show while you're while you're working out over there. I wish I wish that I could do that, but I'm just not really into the working out. Just not my cup of tea. <laughs> Snore Poopus Cuber says, oh yes, I wore one of his Rebellion shirts today when I was shopping. Not one re was had because real people don't care. That's what these people online don't realize. That's what these big companies who listen to the Twitter mob don't realize. Real people don't care. Thursday Warrior says, Stunt work as long as it didn't involve swimming in the ocean or old houses, thus braving sharks and spiders. Ooh, that's a fair point, Thursday Warrior. Yeah, the ones with him swimming with the sharks, I I wouldn't be able to do that. I, I would say nay nay to that, for sure. Micah Martinez, what's going on? Says, good evening, Odin. How's your day been? Day's been fine. Day's been good, Mikey. Day's been good. I was able to wake up early, like I normally do, right, because of the baby. Was able to um, read some of a book that I'm reading. Uh, it's A Voice in the Wilderness. It's the uh, it's a compilation of the accounts of Archbishop Vigano. If you're a Catholic, you probably know that name. And it's I just got through his second testimony, and it's uh, I actually had never read them all the way through. I don't you know see headlines or quotes from it, but it's it's pretty compelling stuff to say the least. And just the way he handles it, I think is 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 quite quite beautiful in a lot of ways, especially when you look at his beginning and his end. But I was able to read some of that today. I was also able to do a test for school, grade paper. I, I had a very productive day. So my day was good. My day was pretty good. It was the most productive day I've had in a, in a pretty good pretty good while. Favorite Sci-Fi says, you should do a crossover stream with Drunk. Get a Welcome to the Rebellion shirt with Midichlorian Bob on it. Dude, I, I would be down for it because obviously I've got my Bob the Midichlorian shirt. He's got his Welcome to the Rebellion shirt. I would, love to do a show. I would love to do a show with Drunk 3PO. The only issue is the fact, of course, that I have a full-time job and I have a six-month-year-old. So <laughs> six, I always feel weird saying that six-month-year-old. I have a six-month-old. So it, it, it makes doing any extra streams during the week difficult because obviously my priorities are on work and family. But um, I will say that I would totally be down for it. If there was ever a time that we could work it out, that'd be fantastic. Uh, James Dossier, thank you very much for the dollar donation via Streamlabs. Thank you for donating via Streamlabs. He says, hey, Odin, I'm also getting back to watching the Bond movies as well. I would like your thoughts on the ones that you have seen. Well, I've made comments about the ones that I've seen already in the past. Um, but so far, I will say, as I said earlier, that um, For Your Eyes Only is by far my favorite. I think the original Dr. No was also pretty good. I, I think that I, I prefer Connery's Bond as far as the just the mannerisms and 
the personality type. I do like Roger Moore's Bond as well. I think it's just a different style, right? It's different. It's a different take on Bond in, in a lot of ways compared to what we saw. But what I do like about Roger Moore is that it's clear, if you actually look at the movies and pay attention, Roger Moore is clearly more willing to do stunts than Sean Connery ever was. And because of that, the movies are just, as movies, typically better because you don't have as much of the green screen or the clear barrier because he was afraid, Sean Connery was afraid of like different animals. And so they did scenes with him with these animals. And so in order to you know, placate his fear, they would put like a, a sheet of glass between them or a sheet of plastic. And you could like tell that they had done that. So I, I like Roger Moore's films a little bit more because of that very reason. But a lot of, we've been watching them kind of, you know, back to back to back. So they kind of blend together in a lot of ways. But for for right now, since we just saw For Your Eyes Only, it was the one that I liked the most. Uh, Baptist 702, what's going on? Thank you for the $5. That's a super chat. It says, Father Odin, I miss your members' live streams. Hey, yeah, man. Uh, we're having our next Chosen of Valhalla stream next Sunday, the 25th. Uh, don't know the time yet. It might be earlier. It might be. Um, it might actually turn into a double feature because next Sunday, for those that are not aware, so not tomorrow, but next Sunday, we will have our Oscars boycott, the Wednesday Raven Awards. So voting is only going to last for another week or so. If you've not voted yet, uh, Heimdall will be posting the link throughout the night, and of course, my Valks have a, a link to it as well. You can find it on my website, ombreviews.home.blog. I know it's terrible, but I'm working on it. I say that every time. Um, and on there, if you go to the Raven Awards section and you go to Raven Awards 2020, it'll have a link there that you can actually go to for your ballot to vote for the best and the worst of the year of 2020 in film and pop culture and media as well. So anyway... Uh, but because of that being next weekend, we might have a double feature. So it might be, we'll start the stream earlier to be able to do the chosen and then my chosen will leave. And then like, we'll just start a brand new event and it'll be, I don't know what it's going to, I'll have to, here's the big thing is that I'm going to have to check in with Freya, with the wife, find out what works best for her. And then that's going to be the determining factor of everything. Cause obviously happy wife is a happy life. But anyway, thank you, Baptist 702. Mike Jackson says his new store is on T Public. Good to know. Good to know. Alice McCarthy says, Drunks got T Public now. Just ordered the t shirt there. Very nice. Again, I, I use T Public as well, and I haven't had any issues with them. But then again, I don't sell too many shirts. Damn uh, it, the 5 says, It was good to see you were doing well during the pizza delivery last night. Yes, thank you. Um, it was very, very nice uh, to have Baby Thor make his Friday Night Tights appearance. I think it was the first time that we had seen him on stream. Um, but anyway, yeah, Baby Thor made his appearance on Friday Night Tights. It's pretty awesome. Keck44, Nathan Slay, welcome to the chat. Nathan Slay says, listen, I understand Godzilla vs. Kong isn't exactly objectively good, but I had fun with it. I thought it had enough monster mayhem to entertain me and keep me satisfied. And again, if you subjectively enjoy the movie, I've got no problem with you. As long as we acknowledge that objectively it is flawed, especially the story. Andrew Hoyle, what is going on? Good, sir. Thank you for being a member. Says, hail everyone. Just a little late today. Yeah, only nine minutes late. It's okay. And it's 722 in real life. So, you know, you've already moved past this point. Uh, Zachariah 315 what's going on? He says, howdy. Howdy, 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 howdy. Um, All right. Chat has jumped on me like it always does. So, again, thank you all for being here this evening. Looks like no comments were skipped, which is always a beautiful and wonderful thing. 
But let me just find where I left off in the chat, and then we can start to go into a few things. So first off, well, actually first, Reed Palencia. Oh my goodness. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Reed Palencia. Thank you once again for an Australian $10. So, so super chat. It's been so long since I've heard that name. Welcome back, Reed. Says, considering how unbalanced the Oscars are in determining awards, what good can they do today as far as we, the public, are concerned? Not much. I, I won't deny that even over the last few years, there have been some pretty cool moments. Whenever there's an actor who has spent years and years in the business, especially ones who never really got political, but just really were focusing on their craft and focusing on the movies and focusing on the stories that they were telling. Whenever they get their their due, those are always nice to see. It's more so, I think, in the technical categories. Like, for instance, when Roger Deakins finally won an Oscar, that was pretty cool, right? Because it's like, okay, finally, the, the biggest show that there is for movies acknowledge that he is worthy of the best of their awards, and he's been worthy of it many, many times beforehand. However, even though there are these moments, I, I can't help but, but think to myself just how cheap it is now. You know, there, there was a time when to have an Oscar and to be nominated for an Oscar was a huge thing. But because everything has gotten so political now, and because the political machinations have become so exposed, especially the behind-the-scenes stuff, it becomes really hard and, and very difficult to take really any of the winners or even a lot of the nominees Seriously, over the last several years. I mean, keep this in mind, everybody. The Borat sequel got an Oscar nomination for writing. Yes. Now, I've not seen the Borat sequel. I've seen the original Borat. The original Borat was funny. But even though I enjoyed the original Borat, I would never have said that movie should have been nominated for an Oscar for anything. Because that's just not what kind of movie it is. But it's very clear that this specific case of Borat 2, the movie got nominated for a couple of categories. Got nominated for a couple of categories. And the reason why is clearly because it was political in certain ways. Because it went after Trump and it went after Trump you know, appointments and, and people that were connected with him. Like It was very clear that this politicization was going on. And Lord knows that they're going to bring it up again and again and again come Oscar night as well. So yeah, I don't think that they add anything to the public anymore. I, I, don't, I don't think they mean anything anymore. They, they've lost any sense of, of mattering at all, which is one of the reasons why I was motivated not just to boycott the Oscars with the Raven Awards, but also to try and create something new, something different. You know, it may not get large. It may not get very popular. But I think a lot of people just want to feel like their voice is heard and that movies that typically don't get recognition or don't get the recognition that they deserve, get noticed. So, anyway, it's a good question, though. Uh, before we get started with the topics for tonight, though, uh, I do need to, to bring back one segment that we haven't done on the show in a long time. But now I, I have them tonight, and so now we can actually we can bring back the puppy can. Uh, so there is there's little uh, River right there. So she's, uh, she's sleeping. And then there we have... Little, little Willow, and she's also sleeping as well. Brought their beds in so that way they could get nice and comfortable, and didn't take them very long. Again, we got in here about 10 minutes before the stream, and within about five minutes or so, they were already getting comfortable. So anyway, there's our little puppy cam. So the pups are doing great. So again, River and Willow, both girls doing 
doing very well. Uh, but Freya needed to to have a break from them tonight since she takes care of uh, baby Thor every night during this time. So anyway, shout out to the Hounds of Asgard. Anyway, there we go. I know some people have been asking for it every now and then, and there you have it. Hound and Burger says, is Heimdall really a bot or just another member of the Geeks and Gamers that, Jan- that Jeremy is mind-controlling as the leader of the, fa- the fandom menace cult? Uh... <laughs> Well, clearly that's the correct answer because Jeremy's running everything. I mean, Jeremy runs this show. I mean, it, it's it's kind of hard to deny that at this point. If, if IMDb says it, it has to be true, right? If, if Wikipedia says it, it's got to be true. Um, but anyway, so let's talk about Falcon and Soldier a little bit. So I've been watching from the beginning, and I know that some people might bring up and might be critical, and I'm sure that some people have even, even left uh, the channel because I'm very critical of Disney. You all know I'm very, very critical of Disney. I call them out constantly whenever I talk about Disney. I always bring up the fact that they indeed, at the end of Mulan, shouted out a paramilitary group connected with the mass genocide of the Uyghur Muslim population going on currently in China. Something that international bodies have only just recently begun to actually acknowledge, and there are many that even that haven't even acknowledged it yet, even though we have data we have facts. We actually have testimony and other piece of evidence to show that this is this is exactly true. But I have Disney Plus. I still have Disney Plus, and I totally encourage anyone who has Disney Plus and is paying for Disney Plus that if they have the means to do so, right, you're not splitting it with a a uh, you know your wife or your husband, that you cancel it. I do promote that, but I also still have it, and there's a couple reasons why. For one. My wife wants to have Disney Plus. You know, I can talk to her and I can explain things to her, but she wants to have Disney Plus still. Not to mention, of course, secondly, I have Disney Plus through Verizon. So it's actually free. So it's actually no cost to me whatsoever. So technically, my money is not going towards Disney Plus or Disney at this point from that subscription. So that's the other thing going on there is that I'm getting it through Verizon. So therefore... You know, Verizon's paid them for the ability to have access to it, but no extra money is being paid per month in order to have access to it. So just a couple things there. But even if that wasn't there, again, if the wife wants to have it, we're going to have it because there are some old school movies and shows before Disney was incredibly woke, before Disney went and fell off a cliff that, you know, we still obviously have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of love in our hearts for. But... Anyway, because of that, I have been able to watch every single episode of The Falcon Winter Soldier. And since the first episode, you could tell the direction that they were going in. Uh, For instance, you know, you have this amazing opening scene in episode one where the Falcon's on a mission. And that had me hooked. The first 10 minutes of that episode, of episode one, I was like, this is awesome. If the rest of the show's like this, they have a winner on their hands. But it wasn't. Then we spent more time going over to <laughs> going over to Falcon's backstory with with this family boat that they was broken down and they didn't have the money to fix it they're trying to get a loan from the bank and then they're trying to again from the very beginning as soon as they're not doing the fight scenes the action sequences they start to lay on the well you know things are different for different people of different races and colors we we don't live in a truly equal society in 2021 and that the and that these clear violations are so visible that everyone should be able to see them you know me wrong right these violations do happen right there are still tons of istenphobes out there there's no denial of that fact but to try and act like it's pervasive and that it runs the culture 
is just one, a fabrication of reality and also dangerous because when you convince people to believe that lie, it just makes things even worse. It just raises tensions. It just raises the temperature of the water. And that's exactly what they did. And a couple episodes, was it second or third episode after that, there was a scene when you had uh, Bucky, the Winter Soldier, and you also, of course, had Falcon walking in a neighborhood. And this is a point that was made last night on Friday Night Tights. It was a predominantly black neighborhood. And then you had two cop cars pull up to them because they were having a verbal altercation, which only lasted a few seconds. And yet, somehow the cops were just magically there to try and say, well, what's going on here? And who are they talking to? They're asking, is everything okay, sir? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're talking to Bucky. Clearly trying to play the whole, oh, it's two white cops, and so they're just naturally going to be racist. Which, again, is ridiculous. When you actually look at the stats and the data, again, the whole concept of not just in general, but if you're going to tell me, here's the other thing that's unbelievable about that. If you're going to tell me that you're going to have two white cops in a predominantly black neighborhood patrolling, I just don't believe that. Because in most police departments today, they try and get... Uh, they try and get a lot of diverse people in there, specifically people from the community, because those people are going to have a lot better outreach in those communities, because some communities are much more closed off and do not trust authority figures. But if it's someone from their community, they're much more likely, even with the badge, to actually listen to them. So that was already something that I had an issue with. And maybe uh, Tina, because she worked in law enforcement, maybe she can back me up on that. But that was already kind of off in the first place. But then, of course, the whole dynamic of them trying to say, you know, cops are bad, cops are racist was, again, ridiculous. This most recent episode, though, was by far their worst transgression. It it was by far the worst things that they could have ever done. Because not only do they have in every other episode all of these things that they insinuate messaging, and in some cases are pretty clear in their messaging as well. This one, they just flat out said what the point of this show was. Because they go to this character, who was also a super soldier. He was in the super soldier program, and you find out his story. That basically him and other black men were chosen to be in the super soldier program under experimental treatments. So that was the first thing. Oh, okay, so they're doing experimental treatments. And they're, okay, okay, I get, I get it. And then they talk about how it worked with him, and instead of him becoming a superhero or working for the government, they just did test on him like he was a lab rat. And that's why he has this very, he basically says that he hates America. More or less, he he says that he hates America. He's like, I can never trust this country. I can never support this country for what they did to me. Okay, there are some people who have gone through that in their life. I can understand that. But again, this show has a clear message that they want to put across. Then in that same scene, you have him talking with Falcon, right? You have him talking with Sam. And they are going back and forth here. And at one point... This older man says the words that he, um, rather, first off, that, I forget the first part of what he says, but anyway, he mentions about Captain America's shield, right, and about the moniker of Captain America is is what he mentions at first, but he says the words, no self-respecting black man would ever take up the shield. He says that. No self-respecting black man would ever take up the shield because of the history that that shield has. The history of America. The history of racism and bigotry. That's what the show's about. The show is all about how evil America is. How evil borders are. Right? They've had this entire sympathetic storyline to the Flag Smashers. Right? Who are killing people. Killing innocent people. But they're trying to say, but you have to understand that they're coming from a pretty good place. 
Again, clearly, clearly making their messaging heard. But no more so than what we heard when he said no self-respecting black man would take up the shield, which is just ridiculous. Again, it's just insane. And then, of course, you have the the biggest scene, which is making the rounds on social media. And we mentioned it last time, also on Friday Night Tights. And that is the scene where essentially Bucky Barnes (laughs) apologizes for being white, more or less. He says the words, I don't think any of us had any idea at the time what giving that shield to a black man would say giving the shield to a black man would mean for that person. And for that, I apologize. He apologizes for essentially being white. And what's funny about it is that he then gives the shield back to Sam. So he makes the point saying, we didn't realize what giving this shield to a black man would mean. I'm sorry. And then he gives it back to him. He does the same thing. And it's like, so you're going to apologize again for giving it to him a second time? And then you go back to the message earlier. No self-respecting black man would ever take up the shield. And then what do we see next? A whole montage. Rather, maybe it was a little bit before this. But anyway, after the moment of him saying no person, no self-respecting black man would ever take up the shield, what happens? Sam Wilson trains with the shield, becomes proficient with the shield. So therefore is very much prepping to take up the shield. So is the show then trying to say that he's not a self-respecting black man? Like, you see how they're messaging. Like, they're laying it on so thick that they don't even realize that their messaging is so convoluted that it doesn't make sense. Their messaging is so convoluted that it doesn't even work in the realm of an actual story. So this show is trash. I want to say, first off, though, kudos to visual effects team. Visual effects have been pretty on point so far. There's been some pretty good acting in the show, too. Right? There has been some pretty good acting in the show. And as I said, that opening sequence in the very first 10 minutes of the entire show is pretty awesome. Is pretty cool to see. I felt like I was watching a movie. It was done that well. But then, of course, they have to ruin it. Again, very next scene, they have to destroy any goodwill that they build by making it all about, again, race. And I said this back in the first episode, and there were some people who said, I don't know, I think you're digging a little too deep here. But they said the words, they said the words, hey, you don't know if it's going to be about race. What would make you think that? This was because at the end of episode one, what happens? Sam gives up the shield, episode one, and then they say, this is the right decision, we're going to put it in a museum, right? No one else can take up the moniker. And then what do they do? They give it to a white man. And I was like, that's going to come up again. That is totally going to be the narrative of the show is that they gave it to a white man. We can't have a black man being Captain America. That's going to be the messaging. And then, of course, what do we get in this episode? Verification that that is what the show is absolutely about. Because now I've just remembered what the uh, black super soldier actually said. He says they would never give the shield to a black man. That was what he said first. They would never give the shield to a black man. And no self-respecting black man would ever take the shield in the first place. Yes, that's a line that's said in this show. This show is trash. It is. It might have some objective qualities that are good and worthy of praise, as I mentioned, the visual effects team, some of the acting, you know, the production team behind it. You know, people who are actually regular everyday workers who are just working for a paycheck. Again, I give shout out and kudos to them. But to the writing team, you're trash. To the writing team, you have taken what could have been a cool show, turned it into social justice warrior nonsense, And I hope and pray that regular everyday people leave that show and leave the show behind. 
I don't know what their numbers are for it. I don't know how well they're doing because, of course, they can hide those metrics however they want. But man, oh man, it's getting it's getting pretty bad. Anyway, those are my thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Let's get to some comments, though. We got some action going on over on DLive. Captain Dean Heist, thank you for the five ice cream donations. I appreciate it. Daniel Thorne also in the chat over there. Heading back over to YouTube, we do have a super chat that was sent 10 minutes ago. Apologies it took this long, but it was right at the beginning of when I was talking about this subject. Reed Palancia, thank you for a 50 Australian dollar sasa super chat. Dude, thank you, man. I appreciate it. He says, I miss the old critics that knew the history of directors and writers whilst giving a, crit- a critique of the movie. These days, it is anything but. It is like a builder that talks about weather and does nothing with materials. Love your post. Well, thank you, Reed Palancia. I really do appreciate that. And yeah, I, I miss those days as well. I miss the days when the vast majority of reviews for a film that you would see would actually be about the story, would actually be about the objective elements, and you could have a pretty good idea of how good a movie was or not. And maybe you would have a few. Maybe you'd have a few outliers. Maybe you would have a few on the fringe that were political or that were SJWE or anything, but they were extreme elements. And obviously there's extreme elements in anything in life, in any structure, in any construct. But now it's flipped. Now the vast majority of reviewers are political hacks, are political commentators masking themselves as movie reviewers, and now the minority are the people actually looking at the actual qualities of the film itself. And that's on both sides. right? There are people that I agree with, and I agree with their opinion, but I still have to admit that they're still coming to it from a political perspective. But yeah, it's sad. But anyway, Repolansky, thank you very much. Very generous super chat. I appreciate it. The Wake Down, what is going on? Thank you for the $2 super chat. He says, Hail, just a friendly reminder to watch The Rover. I'll do what I can. I'm going to try and get through nobody tonight. Because um, I have a stream, I have a screener for that, so I can't wait to watch it. Uh, James, thank you for our $2 super chat. Sorry, $2 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you very much for donating via Streamlabs, James. He says, what are your thoughts on George Lazenby as James Bond? He was okay as James Bond. He wasn't awful. But there were two things about George Lazenby that were terrible. One, during his fight scenes, they did this weird ADR post-production. They put in fight sounds. And they sound awful. His grunts and everything are just atrociously bad. They, they are very, very bad. And also, the movie he's in just so happens to suck. <laughs> it's just, like, objectively, it's just one of the worst of the movies. They do this weird editing style. The story's not that good. There's just so many things wrong with it. And it's really sad that that's the only movie that he got. And that they brought, you know, they had to bring Connery back. Which, again, I love Connery. But it's so funny because Connery comes back looking so ancient, looking 20 years older after just only being away from the role for a few years. So, yeah, I feel like Lazenby got a bad rap, not because of him, but because of the movie he was in. <laughs> just wasn't very good. All right, back to the YouTube chat. Snort of Poopus Cuber says, Ryan and Jeremy showed up on Jay's channel for a while. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, Joseph Nash, what's going on? Uh, Dadman55 said, Dadman Walking 55 says, I'm sorry, I've got so many channels now that I've lost track of who does what when. No problem at all. Just know that I am the most consistent of them all. 
Inflame Wood, what's going on, dude? He's a supporter of the channel. Always glad to see you in the chat. Hunga Chunga Funga Monka says, Nobody. That made a whole movie about little old me? Um, did it? I don't know. Nathan Slay tags, Here's what I wonder when people watch the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show. Why watch the TV show when you can just watch the incredible Captain America, the Winter Soldier? Um, because people want to see the story continued. And they unfortunately dropped the ball big time, which is no surprise after what they did with WandaVision and what they will likely do with everything else. I will say this much, though. This is a show that hasn't gotten a lot of attention. And uh, I'm just going to say, I've been watching on Disney Plus also Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Now, it's clearly made for kids. It's, it's very much a kid's show, which I have some issues with because obviously when you go back to the classics, it was also PG. It was made for kids, too. But... It was also one that I think adults could enjoy. And there's moments of Game Changers, the show, that I actually like. There's moments I laugh out loud. I'm like, this is this is hilarious. This is great. And they do have, you know, Gordon Bombay is, is back. Emilio Estevez is back for the show. Uh, but more so in a supporting role. More so in a supporting character. And that was something I thought would bother me a lot more. But I actually don't mind it. It's not a good show. The acting in it, especially from the lead actress, I forget her name, but she was in Gilmore Girls. I just don't think she's that talented of an actress. It's just kind of cringy. The kids, though. I mean, the kids are the main characters, really, in it. And I think the kids are doing a great job. And the the, the friendships and everything. There was this whole storyline in the most recent episode where uh, one of the kids who has been very alone and isolated a lot of his life, never had any friends, he is one of the first persons that is asked to join this team uh, by the, the I forget the kid's name, but the kid who is uh, the son of the female coach. So some people might have wonders, might have issue with that, but let me just be clear, she's struggling. So it's fine for me because they didn't make it of a, oh, it's a female coach and she's therefore better than everyone else. It's a, oh no, she's out of her element, just like we saw in the early times, in the early years of Gordon Bombay with the Ducks, right? Where he also was just out of his element in a lot of ways. She's even more so out of her element because she has no real reference for hockey whatsoever. So it kind of, it's kind of actually funny the way that they, they, the way they handle that. But anyway, on the most recent episode, there's this whole storyline between these two kids that I just mentioned and the guy's talking to uh, this girl who works at the concession stand and says, I think I'm finally ready to take the next step. And I'm just like, where are they going with this? But then it's like, I think I'm finally ready to ask him to be my best friend. And I'm just like, that's hilarious. That's great. So they're, so they're, they're playing it in the typical trope of like what you would normally see with, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, people who are like about to say like, I love you for the first time. But instead it's like, I want to, I want him to be my best friend. I want to ask him to sleep over. So it's like, I just it brought me back to just to childhood, to being a kid and be like, that's just, that's so, hum it's so humble. It's just so wholesome. And so I've been watching that show. I've been enjoying that show a lot. Compared to Falcon Winter Soldier, like Falcon Winter Soldier makes me ticked off because of all the stupid identity politics. And then I go to, you know, Game Changers, which is not even that great of a show, but it's just like, hey, I could turn my, you know, it could turn my brain off and just laugh. There's a couple of moments that I laugh out loud. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. There were a couple of funny moments in there, um, but they're pretty fun. But anyway, uh, that that's my thought on that. <laughs> Snortapoopa says, visiting so many streams, Burr feels thin, sort of stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread. Oh, no, the Snortapoopas. Snortapoopas, don't do that. We got 63 people still watching, though. Please smash that like button. It really does mean a lot. Michael Martinez says, nobody was awesome. I think you're going to like it quite a bit. I have heard great things about it. Uh, Laura, Ryan stole my fan fiction story. 
also waiting for Nerdrotic. Uh, Laura, who's one of my chosen of Valhalla, she's awesome. She saw it uh, a while ago and just praised praised the movie um, to the moon. So I'm very, very excited to watch it. Uh, Marby Dog, what's going on? Tag says, have you ever seen Altered States with William Hurt? It's 40 years old, but I think it still holds up well, especially for sci-fi. Altered States, I have not. So I'm assuming that's a movie then. Um, tell me a little bit more. Sell me on that movie, Marby Dog. Kara Tharp says, today is my puppy Winston's first birthday. Well, happy birthday, Winston. Happy birthday. Happy puppy birthday to Winston. Snort of Poopa says, Ontario. Ontario. I know. Ontario. Thank you. I appreciate it. Andrew Hoyle says, Pat Oswalt, think I'd rather give myself a shave with a, ru- <laughs> with a rusty cheese grater than watch anything with that hideous gobble in it. Yeah, but you also have Bob Odenkirk. He's in it. And I think uh, a couple other people who might be in the show, in, in the movie. Golden Ration says, I live there. Golden Ration, I'm so sorry to hear that, man. Papers, please. Yes, papers, please. Papers, please. Super says, sorry I'm late again. What up, my dude? What's going on? No problem at all. Hamilton Berger says, I live in Canada in Ontario. Here's the thing. The cops have basically said they won't use this power unless, you know, they really have to or want to, I suppose. Well, I guess kudos to the cops and the sheriffs that might be up there or the equivalent of sheriffs up there. I don't know if they if, they, if you call them sheriffs or not. Um, so kudos to them for not, you know, supporting and not um, actually enforcing these stupid regulations and blatant violations of human freedom. But obviously that 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 can't be everyone. And that's the that's the sad thing. And also, what happens when the politicians decide to punish those cops that don't enforce dr- the dr- draconian measures? You know, Andrew Hoyle says, "Well, our lockdown is finally quote finally over here, but bets are in for when it starts again." Dude, yeah, I feel bad for all my brethren up up in the UK because yeah, what is it to really say and what does it really mean to say that it's over, that the lockdown's over? I just don't buy it over there. Like, these are the same people that were talking about vaccine passports. You know, these are the people that will lock down at a moment's notice. Basically, enjoy the summer because something tells me that it's going to remain in the background all summer. And then once the flus, because here's the thing, like if you actually track it, if you actually track the cases and you actually look at the data, these very much coincide perfectly with the seasons and times of the year that people get sick. You know, and most especially you see, again, you see the, the fall peak and you see the winter peak, you know, but for some reason, people don't want to just, it's ridiculous, especially that winter peak. They just don't want to talk about it. They just don't even want to spend any time in reality. It's ridiculous. Uh, Thursday Warrior says in Canada, they have five, uh, sorry, $1,500 fines for failing to wear masks and social distance. Again, that is insane. That is insane especially when you look at the numbers. Matthew Highland says, what's better, Falcon Winter Soldier or WandaVision? Um, I guess <laughs> they're not, neither of them are good, but if I had to choose one to watch again, it actually still is, as much as I'm hating it, Falcon Winter Soldier, only because WandaVision's just not rewatchable. Like, it's just, it's not that it's complete and utter garbage, it's just that, it's not a show in general that you would ever even want to rewatch again because the whole intrigue of the show is is the unfolding of what's going on. And there are some movies and shows that do that that you can go back to because you want to experience it again. But because of where it ends up, you're like, well, that's not worth the payoff. It would be like saying, I'm not going to rewatch Game of Thrones, even though the first few seasons, first few seasons especially are great because I know how it ends and it's terrible. 
So why would I watch the show that's just going to remind me of how bad the ending is? That's my vision of WandaVision. And again, I, I, I don't want to watch either. But if you if you made me choose and I had no other option, at least there's a great action scene in the first episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. At least I can hold on to that a little bit. Uh, James Nashe, thank you for the $2 super chat. Says, have you seen the movie Return to Oz from 1985. No, I've not, but I've heard of it, and it just seems it just seems weird and bizarre. It just seems weird and bizarre. I don't know. Jonathan Carney, what's going on, bro? He says, Odin, what's up? What's up to you? The new number two, that's Dean Heiss. Bruce, what's going on, Bruce? Welcome to the chat. Uh, Size of Neons tagged and says, Captain, F- Captain Falcon and Winterfresh had me more excited than WandaVision. If Loki screws up anything, then MCU on Disney Plus is zero for three. Hashtag Duck Fisney. Slicer, do you honestly think that Loki could possibly be good? I mean, I, at this point, you look to the track record. They've done two Marvel shows, and they've both been terrible. They've both been filled with identity politics. What makes you think Loki's going to be any different? So anyone that has high hopes saying, well, maybe Loki looked good, the trailer looked good... Don't look at trailers at this point. Remember that you can make really good trailers for really bad movies and, by extension, shows. Go based on track record. Go based on, okay, what has this person done in the past? Right, That's what we do for directors all the time. Is this movie going to be any good? Like, is the next Christopher Nolan film going to be any good? I don't need to see a trailer to know that I'm going to give it a chance because this track record is very good. Now, if you ask me, oh, what if the, the people that did... <laughs> What if the people that Captain Marvel do something else? I'll say, they did Captain Marvel. Why would I watch it? That's a bad track record. So let's go to that. <laughs> Instead of saying, well, the trailer looks good. No. Bruce says, hail to the Allfather. Hail to you, Bruce. Glad to have you here. BH, what's going on? Mm, thank you for joining and following my channel on Odyssey. I appreciate it. These live streams do go up on Odyssey. Um, it takes a little while to process, but again, can't wait to actually live stream over there as well. Nathan Slay says, one of the biggest missed opportunities in Godzilla vs. Kong was that Kong didn't yell, save Mothra. And then to which Godzilla would yell, why did you say that name? <laughs> I'm kind of glad they didn't, though. That wouldn't have saved it. <laughs> Mario Martinez says, my day was pretty good as well. I got some stuff done around the house and did some community service hours for college next year. And I start my first job tomorrow. Whoa, Mikey Martinez, dude. Congratulations, man. Hope the job goes well. It reminds me, I forgot. I also mowed my lawn today. So there is also that. Sasha Neon says, Roger Moore Bond films throw me off. I always think one is called In the Pale Moonlight. But then I remember that a Star Trek episode, DS9 rocks. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Cobra Viper 999, what's going on? Michael Martinez then says, I've only seen a few of Connery's Bond films, and I think they're very good. I did see Casino Royale, which was fantastic, but Quantum was such a mess. Quantum of Solace is garbage. Casino Royale is probably the best that uh, Daniel Craig ever did. Uh, Skyfall is still pretty good. I do like Skyfall, but Casino Royale I like a little bit more. Forever Sci-Fi says, I did. I like Connery, but more never wore that Zardos outfit, and I can't unsee that. I can't unsee that to this day. Wait, was that like the the really skimpy outfit that Sean Connery wore at one point? We made fun of that at one point. <laughs> my wife was like, took a picture and said, and sent it to my dad because he's a big fan of Bond. He's like, oh, do you have one of these? 
Uh, Thursday Warrior says, I remember looking forward to Roger Moore Bond films because the opening stunts were always incredible. Yeah, seriously. And it works a lot better because it's a lot more believable when you have him doing some of the more safe stunts. Right? The fact, like, just something as small as him actually driving a boat is huge. You wouldn't have seen that with the Sean Connery days. Like, I'm pretty sure there's several times where Roger Moore is actually driving a car as well. Yeah, the effects just look a lot better in in those movies. All right, the chat has jumped on me like it always does. And because I spent a while talking about Falcon Winter Soldier and other things, uh, some comments have been skipped. It's 7.36 in the chat. All right, it's 7.55 in real life. It's 7.36 in the chat. So... Uh, if you had a comment before 7.36 and the last comment that I read, then you may need to post it again. Unless you've left, if you've left at any point or weren't paying attention, please do not post again. Because even if I never read it, there's a chance that I did. And I don't like to repeat myself. It's kind of this pet peeve of mine. Uh, DanmanWalking55, thank you for the $10 donation via Streamlabs. DanmanWalking, thank you, man. And thank you for donating via Streamlabs. No message there, but hey. You're the first comment in the chat. It says, wow, just got back in the van with that revelation about the shield. Then why even make the show if the symbol is so evil? Exactly. Exactly. Like, why have this long rant going into the history of the country and America bad, but then still have him wear the shield, train the shield, etc.? It's just, ah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Storm Pupus Cuber says, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Martinez says, instead of being subtle, the messages are in your face, and that's the worst part. Yeah, seriously. Like, there's a lot more subtlety in the first few episodes, and then every episode, they get more in your face. Like, as I mentioned, the end of the first episode, people were saying, oh, Odin, you're, you're going too far. You're judging this too harshly. You don't know what's going to go in that direction, and look where we are. Yes. Yes, that's exactly where we're going with it because I understand optics and I understand how these people currently writing for Disney and other major Hollywood companies think. They don't care about telling you good stories. They want to tell you woke identity politics nonsense. Andrew Hoyle says, well, this sounds a delightful show. Victim Falcon is so stunning. Think you've changed. <laughs> I think you've changed my mind. <laughs> But seriously, like, the character to focus on, the much more, like, they do this whole thing with the boat, with Sam, and they're, it's just like, why do I, I don't care about this. And then they go over to Winter Soldier, and he's going to therapy. And it's like, you you could do something cool with that. And they, they kind of hint at it a little bit, right? He's trying to get over um, the fact that he hurt so many people, that he was not in control of himself. Obviously, that's going to cause some PTSD, right? Because it's like, I had no control over my actions, and I hurt people, and I don't want to hurt people. So they, they could have done something there. That was the story. Like, this show really should just be Winter... This should, the show should just be Winter Soldier. And just go through the, the life and times and history of the Winter Soldier and him getting back up on his feet. That could be a good show. But No. Instead, he's a side character, and he even admits he's a side character because he says, I, I just, we didn't understand what this would have meant to you because of the color of your skin. It's just like, God, stop it. Not to mention, he's essentially white knighting. <laughs> it's like, again, they don't have any sense of, of uh, they don't have any sense of self. They don't have any sense of the words they're saying and just how ridiculous it all is. Anyway. 
Super says, genuine question, what is Falcon Winter Soldier even about? I've heard you guys talk about it, and Jeremy Johns and I can't figure out the plot is. It sounds utterly pointless. Yeah, seriously. that That's pretty much it. Uh, the basic plot is you have some terrorists called the Flag Smashers going around because they're trying to pass legislation to move refugees back to their home countries, whether or not they want to move or not. So you also have this whole immigration refugee storyline going on, too, in addition to everything going on with racist America. So... <laughs> Uh, Michael Martinez, Anthony Mackie, and Sebastian Stan are really good together, and it might be the best part of the show. This British Marvel could move away from politics. No, seriously, again, they're very talented actors. I like Anthony Mackie. He's a good actor. He's good in this show as an actor. Sebastian Stan as well. And that's saying something, because Sebastian Stan did not have a very good start in movies. Go back, watch an old film from the, the uh, let's see, before 2010. So it was like between, sometime between 2006 and 2008. There was a movie called The Covenant. Sebastian Stan played the bad guy. It was awful. At one point, he says, and I quote, I'm going to make you my weach. Look it up. It's hilarious. It's great. It's a movie that my best friend and I uh, quoted a lot. It was one of those movies that was so bad it was good. So it, it, it just became very, it had a very special place in me and my best friend's heart. Um, and so... <laughs> So Sebastian Stan actually has come a very long way. Um, and that really started back with the movie, The Winter Soldier, which is still solid. Kara Tharp says, this show sounds terrible. Yep, pretty much. Devin Walking Through 5 says, it's Disney. Everything the mouse does is about inclusivity, including the parks. Yeah, but it's also, it's not even true inclusivity, right? It's this, it's this fake garbage. Like, that's what drives me crazy about all this stuff is that they don't actually care about diversity. None of these people do. If they cared about diversity, then they would have people with different opinions in them as well. But they don't. That's true diversity. And it's so funny because these people always make reference. Like these SJWs, they always make reference to, well, the studies have shown that diversity is actually really good because, you know, if you bring people together from different countries, what you find is that problems get solved faster, etc. And it's like, think about what you just said. People from different countries and different cultures come together. What that means is by default, they're going to have different opinions. They're going to have different worldviews. And so they ignore that, say, look, the studies have been done, ignoring the fact that one key component is that they all have different worldviews and therefore all have different opinions. And then they, they scrap that part and say, let's just judge you based on the color of your skin and then try and make sure that you have the right opinion. That's not diversity then. That's a bunch of people with the same opinion who might look a little different, but still think the same way. That's not diversity. But they still try and push this stuff down our throats. Nathan Slay says, please do yourself a favor and don't put yourself through the trash fire that is Falcon Winter Soldier. I'm already doing it. Again, I'm doing it to talk about on Friday Night Tights. And as I said before, you know, it is what it is. Hamilton says, so does this mean that Idris Elba could take the shield since the BBC seems to doubt his blackness? <laughs> In their world, then, yeah, I guess I guess he would. Tina B says, I'd like to thank you for pushing me into a nervous breakdown and a migraine for discussing Falcon <laughs> and Winter Boy. I'll send you my psychiatrist bills. Aw, Tina B, come on. Pat S says, Odin, Anthony Mackie's family. I taught his nephews and knew his brother and adult cousins. They are scientists and engineers and are very conservative people. But don't tell Hollywood. Wow. 
Yeah, seriously. And you know it's that's a and that that goes back to what I just said. That's a sad state of Hollywood today. If you come out as conservative, you're done. Unless you work for a production company like the Daily Wire or some other company, like you know, probably a smaller production company that just doesn't care about that stuff, you're not going to get work again. And it's it's really sad to see people get treated that way. Thursday the Warrior says, The incredible thing about the history of black soldiers in World War II in Korea was their willingness to serve for a country which was a discrimination at the time. It helped the U.S. to live up to its ideals. Yeah, like there are things that, that the character I mentioned earlier brings up that are completely factually correct. But then they try and make the point saying, you think it's that different? You think anything's changed? And it's like, well, we, we don't have slaves. That's a big difference. Um, everyone can vote. Um, there's laws in the books to protect from being treated differently because of the color of your skin. I would say things are very, very different. Not to mention, of course, uh, we had a black president from 2008 to 2012. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure things are different. Now, don't get me wrong. As I said, there are still people out there that are despicable people. That's that's true. But to try and pretend like the culture and that society is still stuck in the 1940s and 50s mentality about this stuff is is just nonsensical. It's ridiculous. So that's the fact that the show is even trying to make that point is insane. Uh, the Wake Down, Tide742, says, Nobody was actually pretty good. More comedy than I expected and not as woke as it was advertised by the media shills. I, didn't, I see, I haven't watched a trailer for it. And I don't want to, because I don't, I don't, if, if it's there, I'll call it out. But if it's not there, I can just enjoy it for what it is and not for what the media want it to be. And we see that happen a lot, right? Media love to try and make every single thing, even if it's not directly about politics, about politics, which is sad. And it's about pushing an agenda rather than calling out and, crit- you know, criticizing something. I should make that clear. Kiga Rogers, what's going on, man? Then Slay says, with all the wokeness in movies and TV shows these days, I kind of wonder why I was born during this time. I mean, I love my friends, but I still wonder. Yeah, I mean, it's a question that we all ask, but there's a lot of other things going on in the world, too, that are a lot more important than than this stuff. Uh, Eric Jouet, what's going on, man? He's a member. says, evening, folks. Uh, I'm a bit late this evening, but love the conversation so far. Well, Eric Jouet, thank you for being here, man. Appreciate it. All righty here. Let's see. Paul and Kondo. What's going on? Eric Jouet says, I don't understand why they don't take Marvel Comics series and turn them into Disney uh, and turn that into uh, Disney Plus episodes. You see, that that's a problem, though, because they would be taking the wrong ones. They would be taking all the storylines, all the story arcs. They wouldn't be taking from classic stories. They would be taking it from the more recent runs, which have become increasingly more political. So I'm kind of glad they don't do that because <laughs> that would just mean it's like they're essentially doing that. But instead, they're, they're telling, you know, different stories. Alex McCarthy says, I quit Mighty Ducks Game Changers after episode one. They Jake Skywalker, Gordon Bombay. No, they didn't. If you watch, if you keep watching the show, they actually go into the reason why he doesn't coach and why he hates. I understand why you would think that. But it actually is like he he makes a point at one point he says, no, 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 I love hockey. So he does say those words. He still loves hockey. It's very clear that he does. And basically what it came down to was he was working with like uh, college teams and with recruitment. And one of the kids that was in the program was from a poor family and couldn't afford um, to even buy like uh, tape for for a stick. And so he bought the kid tape. 
And then all of a sudden, they someone who wanted him out, someone who didn't like him, uh, reported him, and he got fired. Uh, rather, no, sorry, he was pressured saying, you know, you're going to step down and you're never going to coach hockey for college or at the professional level ever again. Um, or we're going to basically make this a whole public thing. So you actually understand why he stepped back from hockey and why he doesn't he doesn't have a very fond opinion of hockey in the very beginning of the show. Um, so, yeah, they, they do change it. So he's yeah, they don't completely Jake Skywalker him. I can see why you would think that in the beginning, but they do resolve it. Um, you have to watch a few episodes for it, though. Uh, Rhaegar Targaryen says, what is a Gilmore girl? I've never seen the show myself, but it's about, from what I can remember, isn't it about a woman who has a child very young, and so she and her she and her child are, they, they look like they're very close in age, and some people think they're sisters. I, I don't know. That's all I know. <laughs> Hamilton Berger says, you kind of like Mighty Ducks Game Changers? Your objective movie criticism card has been permanently revoked. I just said it's not objectively a good show. <laughs> you weren't listening. But I, I appreciate your I appreciate your um sarcasm. Anyway, Slicer says, as for me, the animated Mighty Ducks is my jam 90s cartoon. In my book, they are timeless. I never watched those just because it was actual ducks. <laughs> it was actual ducks playing hockey. I don't know. It was a little a little a little ahead of me, I guess. Um, let us see here. Kara Tharp says, I love the Mighty Ducks movies since they were filmed in Minnesota. I have been some, I have been to some of the ice areas in the first film. Nice. Yeah. The movies are great. Like I, I even love the third one. Uh, the one where they go to college. I just think, I think it's fun. Forever Sci-Fi says, lockdown over. It's never over. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Oh, damn. Wow. Now you're going somewhere. Felicitas, <laughs> uh, what's going on? Going ration tag. We need George to just sit down and finish the dang series. It's not going to happen. I believe Nerdrotic when he says that. Snorter Poopus Cuber says the politicians and bureaucrats are loving their newfound authority too much to ever end the shutdowns and restrictions. Marby Dog says Altered State is about a neurologist who discovers states of consciousness that can be physically manifested. He discovers this using a sem- sensory deprivation tank. That sounds kind of interesting. I'll write it down. I can't promise that I'll watch it, but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, altered State. Cool. Anyway. Hannibal Grimm. What's going on? Pin Drop 1984. Been a while, Pin Drop. Glad to have you back. Um, Matthew Highland Tadden says, Disney should have made the show about them at the Perp School Eden Hall Academy with Bombay as the varsity coach along with Charlie. Well, the, the problem is, is um, apparently some of the old characters do come back in the show. Haven't gotten that far yet. But Charlie does not come back. And the reason why is because uh, I don't think they ever gave an official reason. But I, I think it has something to do with him being busy with other projects or something. So... Um, it would have been cool for them to do that, but it wouldn't even have been possible because of schedule. So, Soul Assassin says, did you hear about the Predator writers taking Disney to court for the rights back? I didn't, but that's awesome. The Wake Down says, the trailer for Loki actually looked really good, which makes me even more certain that it'll be woke. Yeah, again, never never go based on trailers when it comes to that kind of property. <laughs> 
Howard X13 says, did someone say Game of Trash? Speaking of TV shows, Breaking Bad is the OG. I hope Better Call Saul's finale will be amazing. Dude, yes. Um, uh, Breaking Bad is an excellent series from beginning to end. And it's very rare for us to say that about TV shows, unfortunately, that are actually good consistently all the way through and have a good, satisfying end. Better Call Saul has been also consistently good, and I have high hopes for their uh, season finale, for their series finale. And if as as long as it's as satisfying and good as what we saw in Breaking Bad, I'll be happy, be very very happy. Nathan Slay at 7:54 says, "What are your least favorite Nolan movies?" Uh, Dunkirk is at the top of the list, and over time, Inception has become not as not as fondly remembered. However, it's also been a very long time since I've seen Inception, but there was a time when I would have been like, oh yeah, I'm down to watch it. And now I'm like, eh, I'd rather not. So uh, by far though, Dunkirk, for me at least, is his weakest. From the films that I've seen at least. Um, there's one film, the first film he ever did called, was it The Following or Following? I have it, haven't had a chance to watch it yet, um, but I hear for his first movie, it's actually pretty good. All right, chat has jumped on me like it always does. Uh, looks like no comments have been skipped this time, which is fantastic. Let's see what's going on over on uh, DLive. Let's see. Daniel Thorne says, looks like Demon Slayer is outselling Mortal Kombat. How is that possible? Well, um, ooh, no, wait a minute. That hasn't, that movie hasn't come out yet. Not at least not in the States. So I don't know where it came out already, um, but Demon Slayer already did crazy numbers in in other parts of the world. So that's actually not all that surprising that it's doing well because people have been hearing about it, saying, "What is this movie that's doing so well?" Um, yeah, I don't know where Mortal Kombat's out right now though because that movie doesn't come out on HBO Max at least until uh, next time, next weekend. Daniel Thorne, which is better, Spaceballs or Rise of Skywalker? Are you kidding me? Spaceballs, easily. Spaceballs is amazing. What are you talking about? Daniel Thorne says, don't forget, nobody has a mid-credit scene. Okay, very cool. Daniel Thorne says, Tuesday is 420. Are you going to do anything special on stream? Uh, no, because that's just another day of the week. I'm a straight edge, bro. No alcohol, no drugs in my life. I don't need that nonsense. Waste of money, waste of brain cells, waste of time. Vonimo, what's going on, man? He says, I take it that Falcon and Bucky is as bad and stupid as I thought it would be. Yep, it certainly is. Daniel Thorne then says, Letterboxd has a list. The world is hell, hopeless cinema. From what you said in the last stream, these are your type of movies? The world is hell, hopeless cinema. What? I'm confused by that. And then says, wear a mask to survive the virus brought to you by the same government that said duck and cover under a desk to survive a nuclear explosion. <laughs> All right, back over to YouTube. We got a Sousa Super Chat from Terry Johnson. Thank you very much, man. Says the show is anti-SJW. Sam became cap despite what Isaiah said, showing the country has changed. The politics feel realistic and not forced like uh, Black Widow? BW. I'm very confused by that last point. Uh, but anyway, Terry Johnson, I'm, I'm sorry to say, no, that... You're just not you're just not correct. The very fact that you have the character of Bucky Barnes saying to Sam Wilson, we didn't realize what it was like to give the shield to a black man. I'm sorry. 
You can't defend that. There's no way to say that's not SJW. I get your point about the character Isaiah and how essentially he's kind of, you know, going against that, but I'm sorry. For anyone to say this show is not SJW, you're not paying attention. Not to mention going back to the characters that are supposedly the villains, but they're making seem, at least they're trying to get the audience to be on their side a little bit. The Flag Smashers, who are killing people, who are domestic terrorists, who are clearly Antifa BLM types. And we're supposed to feel sympathy for them. So, no, Tara Johnson, you're wrong, man. Bad take. Bad, bad take. But hey, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate it. Anyway, uh, back to the YouTube chats. Uh, Rosie12 says, Hail Odin chat. Sorry I'm missing tonight. Just wanted to pop in and say hello. Have family over. See you all Tuesday. Yeah, I saw that already, Rosie12. But thank you for popping back in. Hybrid X13, I've been meaning to ask, are you excited about the District 9 sequel coming out? Or is it too late now? Director's coming back to direct it. Didn't even know that was happening. I, obviously, so much nonsense has been happening with the movies recently that new stuff has kind of been lost in the shuffle. So... I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, it may, I think too much time may have passed, but having the same director come back, uh, Neil Blomkamp, I think he could do good work with it. It's really going to depend on what kind of story he's trying to tell and also where he goes with it. Because I feel like this the story does have, you know, a good ending to where you don't need to have a second movie to it. But I mean, I'm, the universe and the world that's built there absolutely could could be could be followed again with other movie, but it'll be interesting. Forever sci-fi. I'm not even going to read it. I saw what you said. Not even going to read it. Orange Eye Review says, Odin, I honestly think that Hollywood is pur- purposefully trying to get people to not want to watch them. They know that they are a greater number, and yet they do not learn. It's really pathetic and sad. I think, I think it's multiple things, right? For one, it's very clear that there are people at the top who have the same beliefs and mindset as the woke mob on Twitter. Like that, That's very clear, that they're in the same camp as far as their mindset is concerned. It also could be that there are people, because we've seen this happen where campaigns have been brought, where they believe that when there's a a dust-up on Twitter, that that somehow is indicative of real life. And we know anyone who is aware of reality and talks to real people knows that's not true, that the people who make up the dust-ups on Twitter are a very small portion of the population, and so that these people make decisions based on that, and I think that they do it out of a sense of fear. But again... I think it's also more so ignorance and also probably some of them have the same opinions anyway. And so they would, they're, they're just looking for an excuse to actually pull the trigger on it anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that there is a point that could be made that they're trying to out people for their beliefs because they get, I guess they, they, maybe it's that they think getting social interactions, whether positive or negative is a plus because it gets their name talked about. The the old adage is, you know, there's no such thing as bad press, which I think is true and not true. I mean, there's clearly examples of of bad press that can destroy careers and can destroy <laughs> can destroy things, right? We we know that that we know this happens. However, I think that what you might see from this is an attempt to try and out people for their views. And if that happens, it shows that <laughs> it shows an even deeper and more and more sadistic level of depravity going on in Hollywood. Forever Sci-Fi says, and Sam Wilson used to lead therapy groups for soldiers with PTSD. How do you miss that opportunity? Yeah, seriously. Like, that they could have had that be the building block for him and Sam's relationship, right? For Sam and Winter Soldier relationship. He could have been the therapist. Or at least, at the very least, he could have been, like, leading the group that 
Winter Soldier had to go to in order to, you know, make up for what he had done. But yeah, they didn't do that. I will say that they they kind of do it in a little way because Sam Wilson is very clearly throughout this show saying and doing things that are very much like from that therapeutic mindset from someone who knows from experience of having worked with people for a long time. And so those moments between them are actually really nice because I said like they're they're both good actors. It's just sad that it's filled with all this other stupid nonsense. Alrighty here. Just another red shirt. Welcome. Smash that like button, please. Jedi Starship. Been a while, Jedi Starship. Glad to have you back. Please smash that like button. It really would mean a lot. Alright. Deadman Wonky Five says the British Empire is much older than the United States. Why don't they go after the UK and their superheroes? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you would think that would make sense. But then again, I think that we've we've been seeing that happen though. If you go to the academic sphere and you go to history, I mean, that's already been happening. I mean, don't forget that these are the same academics that try and say that the Crusades were completely evil and that they didn't have justification for going to try and take back the land that had been taken from them. <laughs> like, again, I'm, I'm very much anti-war, but even that, like, from a logical standpoint, says I can get why they would do something like this. Anyway. That's just one part of it. People's Front of Canada. <laughs> oh, that's a great name. Welcome to the chat, man. Uh, Kiga Rogers says, do they bring back casts like in Cobra Kai? Um, so far, they haven't. Kiga Rogers talking about uh, My Ducks Game Changers. So far, it's just been Gordon Bombay, who's been a supporting character. But I know that I've seen a photo and I know that there's been mentioned that at some point in the show, they, they bring them. I, I must I will say this much. If they wanted that show to be even more successful, that's what they would do. They would kind of go like it was similar to what we saw with like Girl Meets World, where Girl Meets World, it was fine. It was OK. It was like the same producers and writers. So it had the same theme elements. But the thing that made that show great or at least made it like worth having them having them had made was that we got to see these characters again. That we got to see the Boy Meets World characters. And they did a lot of really cool stuff. They did a lot of really cool stuff with it. And um, unfortunately, they're not doing that. So if there's one thing that could make uh, Game Changers even better, it would be if they did that. In future, what's going on, man? Thank you for being a member. He says, Hail folks. Haven't got around to finishing WandaVision. Just can't be bothered after hearing the outcome. Falcon and Winter Soldier just sounds like race-baiting dumpster fire. Pass. Yeah. I don't blame you at all. I will suffer through it for you. <laughs> uh, did someone say I didn't get a reference? Yeah. Um, sounds about right to me. Hannibal Grimm, what's going on? Glad to see you here. All right. Chat has jumped on me like it always does. Please be sure to smash the like button. And let's see where we left off. Let's go back to DLive for a second. Daniel Thorne says, Hopeless cinema has pessimistic worldviews for when you want to wallow in despair. I don't always want to wallow in despair. <laughs> uh, Snornopoopus says, G uh, George R. R. Martin was never more than a bargain basement J.R.R. Tolkien, at least in my less than humble opinion. I think it's a valid opinion to have. Um, because when you think about it, I do think George R. R. Martin did make some pretty awesome characters and, and write some pretty good stories. Um, I, I like the universe that he built, but you can see that the biggest difference between them is by far their, their worldview and their sense of morality. 
because you know that J.R. Tolkien is better than George R.R. Martin when he can tell a compelling story that you care about the characters with where you're emotionally invested without needing to use foul language, without having to use sex, nudity, etc., or violence, uh, or rather excessive violence, right? He focuses more on the actual characters and the actual story itself. So that, to me, is, is what makes J.R.R. Tolkien better, is the fact that he doesn't have to rely on kind of these cheap elements. Because that's really what they are. I mean, they're cheap elements that are meant to enhance things. But really, in the end, are, are just completely unnecessary. Father Chris Miller says, I'm back. Just towards the end of the stream. we got seven minutes left, so we're about to switch over to members-only comments. So if you're not a member, I would uh, probably hold on questions just because I probably won't be able to get to them. But anyway, Father says, I'm going to have to hate watch Falcon. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Nathan Slay, did you know that Godzilla smiled when he was beating Kong up in Kong versus Godzilla? I did not. Doesn't really mean a lot to me, though. Walkie55 says, I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one that felt that about Dunkirk that way. I'm interested in war history and movies, but it felt like historical events were a side story. Yeah, because um, there have been some really good war movies. And I, I, I'm i just like you, where I like historical stories. Uh, I like historical movies and, and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, Dunkirk, to me, was telling a great story as far as just the actual history. But... Just really didn't live up to it. <laughs> just really did not live up to what the what that story deserves. Uh, Terry Johnson, what is Odin question? That's the phrase you say and type if you want me to actually see your comment. So unlike other channels, I will read comments in the chat. However, in order to make myself sane and get through your conversations that you're having with each other and just random comments in general, I just ask that you type Odin question. And obviously you haven't been watching the stream or haven't been watching the stream for very long or don't watch the stream very often because literally there's a ticker below me that always says, please type Odin question. And also I'll fall 20 minutes behind or so. But anyway. <laughs> uh, if you're just here to defend the show, I'm sorry, man, you're in the wrong place. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Buck 76 evening kids, just lurking tonight. Well, thank you for being here and smashing the like. Rhaegar Targaryen says, only David Lynch can save the DC Universe now. Get him for the next Superman and Batman movies. No! Damn you, Rhaegar Targaryen. No! No, David Lynch. No, David Lynch. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> McQueen, I don't want it. McQueen. Daniel Thorne says, Mortal Kombat isn't out yet, but checking future showtimes, there are more sold-out shows for Demon Slayer than Mortal Kombat. Well, that doesn't really say much of anything uh, by itself because you have two different audiences there in certain respects. You also have the fact that you don't know what the theater size is because when I worked in theaters, the, a movie like Demon Slayer, even though it did really well overseas in certain countries... A movie like that in America would be put in a very small screen. I'm just going to be honest. Like that that's how it was. Films where we didn't really know how well they would do, we would put them either in the small theaters or the little or, or the medium-sized theaters. So again, I I haven't looked at the actual seats from the theaters you're, you're talking about, but my guess is is that it's selling out smaller theaters 
Whereas Mortal Kombat, which is thought to be, obviously, it's a bigger budget movie. It's one that a lot more people are going to be invested in actually watching. I would argue, at least from an American perspective. And, um, and therefore, that might be the reason why that is the case. And also, other parts of the world, too, right? Not just America, but other parts of the world, too. Um, really, outside of, of the Eastern market, I think that you're not going to find as much love. I mean, if, if you're going to ask most people in the Western audience... Which would you rather see, Mortal Kombat or Demon Slayer? Most people are going to say Mortal Kombat because there's more history there. there. There's more investment there from those audiences. Whereas in you know markets like maybe China or Japan or Korea, who maybe have... Because again, also Demon Slayer, from, from what I can remember, right, is following a specific show, an anime, uh, which is, either it was an anime first or it was based off of manga, I forget. But it's again a story within that culture within that era so i think that might be the reason why but again that's just speculation on my part um but also i don't know what part of the world what part of the world or what part of the country or anything like that you're in but that would be my guess is that it's selling out smaller uh, theater spaces and also remember too we're dealing with theaters being at certain capacities so not only do you have a smaller theater you have a smaller theater that's stuck at 25 50 percent capacity depending on where it is and that can make a huge difference. You can have a movie sold out a lot more quickly. There's also the chance that this, the show times have been sold out even if the seats haven't been sold. Sometimes theaters will do that um, to hold off um, for spacing concerns. And um, it could also be that they're there just in case the other ones sell out. And they say, oh, now we can actually open those up. Because sometimes those will just show up as sold out even if they're not. Just, just a thought. Again, just, just from, from someone who worked in a movie theater, that's what I can think of. All right. Let us see. Eric Jouette says, Sex and TV book, movie series, lets the audience know that the writers are running out of content and fall back to filler. Yeah, that's pretty much, in my view, what it is because they understand that if they put a curse word in there, it's going to cause this reaction in the brain and people are going to be like, oh, that was just said. Or if it's sex, right? Oh, this just happened. If it's violence, oh, right? So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Let's see. Then I was says, George Martin did an early story called Tough Voyaging. I read and did not like his style, so I never read anything from him. Yeah, I wonder if, like, his style holds up in other... I know he's writing a lot of other books, like, in the same universe. But I wonder if, as you mentioned, something that's outside that universe doesn't hold up. Jake at ebook, glad to have you here. Glad to have you here. All right, we are right about at time. Uh, so actually, I think I can read uh, some some comments. So Father Christopher Miller says, Now, now, no condemning anyone with the D word. What? David Lynch, you mean? <laughs> Jake at ebook says, Nothing better than Mystery Science Theater 3000. Soul Assassin, fun fact, if you say Odin question three times in your restroom window, you get a phone call and Odin says you just made the list. Because <laughs> I hate repetition. Golden Ration says, Demon Slayer is manga first adapted into anime and film. That's what I thought the process was, but I wasn't entirely sure. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, Say not the word of curse. Huh? Uh, Sunny B says, are we members only? Uh, well, I mean, we're, we're running out of time. So, all right, we're right at time anyway. So uh, I decided to read some of those extra comments since uh, looks like we have a smaller crowd tonight, which is always fine by me. Uh, forever, uh, sorry, Father Christopher Miller says, you said the damn word. I'm okay with that. 
I don't I don't personally find that word problematic. But that's just me. Because if you say dang, you're saying it with the same intent, but it's a different word. If that makes any sense. I remember a Jason. That's funny. Helena Berger says the word of curse is a South Park reference. Ah, it's a very obscure reference for me. I love South Park, but I don't have every single line of the show memorized. Anyway, that is going to be it for me this evening. Guys, please be sure to vote in the Wednesday Raven Awards. I'm going to post a link to the website in the chat on YouTube and on DLive. So again, go ahead and follow that. Uh, and you'll find a link to a ballot where you can fill out the best and worst of movies and pop culture and, and some of the worst, uh, you know, SJW of the year, SJW screenwriter, MPC of the year, things like that. Fun categories like that. Tons of fun. Uh, Father says, so if I say poop instead of the S word, yes. Again, if you're saying it with the same content, context, if you're saying it with the same intention, I don't see how there's much of a difference. It's just my thought. Uh, Daniel Thorne says, I'm in New York City. Well, that makes even more sense because New York City is still having a lot of restrictions. So not only would it be in smaller theaters, but also their capacities are going to be a lot smaller. So that actually makes a lot more sense to me. Um, but anyway, uh, D-Laugh fam, thank you all for being around tonight. Um, I don't think we'll have a chest opening tonight. Maybe next time. Um, I always want to make it worth, worth y'all's wild. Um, worth y'all's wild? Worth y'all's wild? I don't know. But anyway, uh, We'll do the chest opening probably next stream. Um, but you guys are great. G-Man, just coming in last minute for shouting out my YouTube members. Uh, G-Man, thank you for the $5. That's a super chat. Odin, you are the Batman of pop culture. You fight not because you know you'll win. You fight because it's the right thing to do. Thank you very much, G-Man. I really do appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I, I totally, totally agree um, with with the assessment that I don't think I'll win. <laughs> When, as far as the culture war is concerned, I don't. Um, but that's why I hold on to things like faith, because that battle has already been won. As bad as things might seem sometimes, that battle has always been won, and that is one of the things to remember during this Easter season. But a shout-out to the members of the channel, the Army of Asgard level and above. Uh, we got Window Licker, your Muslim uncle, Kara Tharp, Air Duet, Rich the Savior, Damn Walking 55, M. Tax Shark, um, Forever Sci-Fi, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K, Orange at Reviews, Adam Avery, Twirly Wolf, Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. You guys are all fantastic, amazing people. Please be sure to vote in the Raven Awards. And also, please be sure to follow the channel on Twitter, on Minds.com, also over on Parlor and Gab. I don't really post the Parlor and Gab except links for the show. But if you use those platforms, they are there for you. If you want notifications for the streams and stuff, I just post the link beforehand. Um, and hopefully, I'll be available over on the um, I'll be over on the Odyssey platform for live streaming in the very near future. Andrew Hoyle is a member. Says I voted. Where's my sticker? I don't know. Uh, I don't do stickers. I wish I did. But hey, I've, I, I voted in my local elections and I, I have a sticker and I was putting them on my old interface. Um, I voted two times since I moved here. And uh, so there, there we go. But anyway, you guys, seriously, you're all amazing and beautiful people. Thank you all very much for being here. We have a show coming up on Tuesday. The One Man Low Council will then be on Friday Night Tights on Friday. Then on Saturday, we'll have our Saturday Night Stream. And then on Sunday... 
We'll have the Chosen of Valhalla live stream, and at some point we will also have the stream for the Wednesday Raven Awards. There's a chance in order to make that work, especially again, I'll talk to Freya. Maybe I'll cancel the Saturday stream next week. I don't know. Don't quote me on that quite yet. I got to talk to Freya and work that out with her. Uh, but anyway, before I go though, because I know I know there's a lot of people that are fans, um, fans of them. Let's go ahead and see if I can get one last shot for the puppy. There we go. So we got River right there, and she's just chilling. She's just being a good girl. And then there's uh, there's Willow with her legs stretched out. She's so lanky. But anyway, there's a little bit of the pup cam for everybody uh, to to enjoy before before we head out. So anyway, uh, thank you all very much for being here this evening. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope, hope, hope you all have a wonderful day and night. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my April Patreon and Subscribestar members, Andrew Hoyle. Animation Commentator, Bifur de Hobbit, Brian P., Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Dion, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to You Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Humor and Hobbies, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Lance, Laura Story, The Modern Major General, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mr. Peabody and his evil twin with the beautiful hair, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and of course, the Empress of the Universe, Tina B. And my subscribe star remembers... Remembers? Subscribe star remember <laughs> I did it again. Subscribe star members. Fast reaction. Nosferatu Gatsu. Stan Four. John B. Perpetual Punster. Mr. Roy. Glinzer. J. Alex McCarthy Jr. Dean Heiss slash the new number two. J. Rod the Beer Guru. Nevanon G. Adams and ZK Man. Thank you to all of my Patreon and Subscribe Star members. If you want your name shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream, check out the links in the description to find out how to sign up on Patreon and Subscribe Star. Also, you'll find out how to get access to things like giveaways of Blu-rays and 4K titles and digital codes, and also access to an exclusive podcast for my keepers of the Bifrost and also the chosen of Valhalla level where you can not only get all of those things, you also get a t-shirt and get to be featured on a live stream once a month hosted on the OMB Reviews channel. Anyway, if you want to have access to any of those things, check out the links in the description for Patreon and Subscribestar for more information. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I hope you all have a wonderful day and as always, God bless.